Why would we ride with sword and axe when today there are weapons of unimaginable power? Weapons ready to plunge the earth into generations of darkness. If we choose. What more could we ask for? What better time for us to come together than in the scientific age? Just think of what men like us can do. Men without conscience, without fear. Think of the destruction, the devastation, the death. A world of anarchy and madness. Now you think of that and dream. And behold a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth, to kill with sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another episode of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. I remember when Richie says that. Yeah, that's right. That's a quote from Richie. Richie, yeah. Hey, hey, uh, Mac. Uh, hey, uh, I behold, I behold death, and he was on a pale horse. <laughs> the guy who gives all those pestilence. Uh. You, mean, you mean Victor Palis? <laughs> Victor Pale Horse. <laughs> Do I understand that in some translations, pestilence is pollution? Oh, interesting. Huh. Interesting. Oh, we're, we're in heaps of that now. Oh, boy, Whoa. it's coming. Global warming. <laughs> Global warming, babe. Cha-cha. Well, welcome Cha-cha. to the 100th episode of the Highlander television show. How about that? Wow. That's nuts. We've watched 100 of these fucking things, guys. We Not did it. in movies. That's crazy. I know. It's a lot. It's, in fact, insane in the membrane. And this is an auspicious one, to say the least. An exciting uh, conclusion to a two-parter. That's right. Two-parter? Two whole parts. Mid-season finale. (laughs) Well, before we hop into this episode, of course, we got to talk about the Highlander catalog. Of course. Of course. It has to happen. A horse, of course. That's right. Uh, So, Eamon and Kyle, I'm going to read you a description out of the Highlander catalog. You must guess what the retail price of this item is. I thought you were about to change the rules for some reason. You have to guess. I know. How many of these I've purchased. Right. Uh, And whoever gets closest gets to give their star rating at the end of the episode first. Are you guys ready? Yes, Yes. sir. Yes, Okay, so there's going to be kind of two descriptions here. I'm going to read you a description for the Clan McLeod leather jacket. Ooh. But this is also part of the Highlander clan collection. Ooh, that's a weird. So name. I'm going to read you I do about not that. Like that name. Yeah. The Highlander Welcome clan. To my clan collection. <laughs> the Highlander clan is a special membership group of Highlander loyalists who are entitled entitled Whoa. to various benefits such as membership in the Highlander Travel Club. This is starting mm. to sound a little Valkyrie already. Yeah. <laughs> the Travel Club, by the way. Exclusive rights to limited edition Highlander clan merchandise, clan newsletters, and clan conventions. Oh, KKK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for additional information regarding membership in the clan, contact. And oh, oh, God. And it's an AOL address, by the way. Nice. America Online? They didn't even... Jesus. Oh, I'm gonna re- I can't imagine this is active anymore. Can I read this email address? Please, Please do. do. Uh, it's HLN. Dr. Clan at AOL.com. They so couldn't even Highlander just. Highlander Clan. Why did they? Ab- taken? I guess what? 
They couldn't have a brief. They couldn't write Highlander. That's crazy. So there you go. So the Highlander members only jacket. It says. <laughs> Is it actually a members only jacket? Yeah, it says members only, and it says to join C info at left. Will they really not let you spend what I'm not gonna? I almost said what it was. Not <laughs> let you spend how much this costs before you become a member. Who knows? Here we go, guys. They don't strike me as people who are going to not take your money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Exclusively for clan members only. Flaunt your alliance to the Highlander clan when you wear this outrageous leather jacket. What makes it outrageous? You're about to find out. Is it like gem? Zip front. <laughs> asymmetrical front pockets. They're just crooked. <laughs> asymmetrical front pockets. <laughs> Snap cuffs and quilted nylon polyfill lining. They use a lot of that polyfill lining in these coats, I think. Beautifully embroidered full clan McLeod crest on the back with sword That's embroidered all. on front left chest. This embroidery is a <laughs> showstopper. <laughs> oh. Black. That's it. Wow. Can we see this bad boy? You bet you can. Black. Are we not allowed to see it without being a member? <laughs> I can't see it whenever you can This is hideous. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it's elaborate. It's actually more elaborate than I thought it would be. A lot of colors. Yeah. Eight stunning colors. Does this have more colors than, like, the, yeah, the, the pin? pin? No. Which had the colors gray and <laughs> off-white <laughs> yeah. stuff. What is that depicting? Is that lightning? Yes, there's lightning behind the castle. Mm. Asymmetrical pockets, snap cuffs, polyfill lining. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that snap cuff, so I got to change my bid. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Amen, give us your guess. One hundred and ninety nine ninety eight. One ninety nine ninety eight. I'm gonna guess this one is two fifty buckaroos. Ooh, two fifty. Kyle, you win. Yay! Actual retail price is three hundred and ninety nine dollars. Oh well, is this this one isn't even made by artisanal, the world's greatest leather crafter. Uh, leather. Also, I just want to. And the other one had the world's best leather, leather. too. Was, yeah. Was it llama leather? <laughs> Didn't they say it was? What was it called? Oh, Napa. Napa, Napa I'm leather. Like, llama leather. Llama. Napa leather. It's made of a dehydrated cabbage. Yeah. <laughs> this leather jacket. It's vegetarian is, leather. You can turn, worth, you can make leather out of anything, guys. It's including worth, cabbage. Yeah. It's worth Sorry. three Highlander planners. <laughs> this is only this is as expensive as three one year calendars. So upon closer inspection, the, the crest or whatever on the back isn't as bad as I thought it was. From far away, it looked like shit. I mean, on closer expansion. I'm not going to say it's hideous, but I still would not wear it. <laughs> Is that really also like that? It's a castle. <laughs> like, <laughs> but also, like, oh, it doesn't look that bad close up. But, like, when you go for clothes, like, I don't know. Most people see you from a distance. Right. And I don't want them to think I look like shit from, like, <laughs> half a block away. Oh, look at that fucking asshole. Oh, you know, up close, he looks okay. It's not bad. It's kind of stylish. Like, it's like those pixelized snap, paintings. <laughs> Snap sleeves or whatever. It's like pointillism. Is that polyfill? Is <laughs> that polyfill? Ooh, it comes in XXL. Of course it does. Oh, we should just get an XXL and all wear the coat at the same, same time. time, right? Like a Muppet man. <laughs> yeah, four hundred dollars. Right, that's a lot of bones. So let me ask you this: If you had to spend four hundred dollars, <laughs> would you get the? Three notebooks or whatever, or the jacket, or one jacket. You had to pick. It had to be the notebook. No way, I'm wearing that. It would have to be the jacket. Yeah, I think I'd do jacket. You would do jacket. Yeah. Would you wear that jacket? I mean, if I'm being forced to buy it, then yes. then you're you're then forcing wearing, yourself. Then I'm to wearing, wearing it, baby. <laughs> All right. I'm not. I've I've never worn a leather jacket. I, I mean, I've put one on. It's not like I've never experienced it, but like, eh, not my thing. You know. Yeah. You were, You're not the bad boy of Highlander. As much as I seem to be, I'm not. 
I've always referred to Keith as the bad boy of Highlander. Of Highlander. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's talk about episode 100 of Highlander the series. Episode it was... 100. <laughs> Revelation 6-8 first aired February 10th, 1997, right before V-Day. Who directed this episode? Adrian Paul. AP. <gasps> the Highlander more himself. Like, more like DP. Oh. Hey-o. He's director of photography. That's Paul. right. <laughs> or because he's double penetration Paul. Uh, Adrian, double penetration Paul. <laughs> Eiffel Tower. That's right. Uh, this is his third of four Highlander episodes. And I, I can't remember when the last time we like talked about Adrian on an, one of these, you know, deets. It's been a while. Thing. Yeah. Like, did we ever mention that he's been on Arrow? <laughs> On this show, probably not. Though that is fairly recent. Yeah, that yeah. is fairly recent. So you may and have seen. Adrian and now Paul. Arrow is canceled. And now it's canceled. So Adrian Paul swiftly came in and got a show canceled. Uh, <laughs> but he played the character Dante over a three-episode arc. How That's about right. That? Check it out, baby. That's right. This episode was written by Tony DeFranco. This is his first Highlander credit. Odd choice. I know. I'm like shocked that they had a first timer write this episode um he's also done some sweating bullets which of course that's a ken gord show Beastmaster, which i believe david tynan worked on it's caleb cole show uh war of the worlds adrian paul was on uh so he's got like out of those shows that's a three for three highlander connections there so yeah. that's probably why he ended up uh working on this and of course all these same guest stars are back i will not bore you with the details you can go and listen to the previous episode for all the guest spots Unless anyone has anything to add. What about Bernie Cortez as Dr. Sir Nevada? <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't include him for some reason, huh? Go on. What do we got on this bad boy? Nothing. No? <laughs> cool. Yeah, I wonder why I didn't include him. <laughs> so we can hop right into the episode description. Are you guys ready? Yes. yes. Sequel to Comes a Horseman, Mythos leads Kronos to the remaining two horsemen, and the four of them plan to destroy humanity via a waterborne virus. Emerald. Bam. That's a good one. (laughs) Bam. Not not too bad. That's good. Happy, happy, happy. That's one of the best descriptions you've read. Thank you. Thank you. Like I read it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Previously on... X-Men. That's right. We get a little uh, previously on. <laughs> so we get the, the previously on. We get it, right? And then, But it transitions seamlessly into new footage. Yes. With like a font thing. This, this is a new What is this new, new choice? Font? This is very I, Highlander, the source endgame looking to me. I hate it. <laughs> this font is no bueno. What is, why do you hate it? It makes it look like I'm watching like a shitty spy show mm. is like oh. the kind of font it is. Yes. Like it should be all digital. It's very like, born sh- identity. Yeah. It doesn't it's just doesn't fit with what the show is. And it's a waterborne virus. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> the waterborne identity. <laughs> That's Waterworld combined with the born identity. <laughs> His code name is the Mariner. But it says uh the Ukraine. Yeah. It's like, okay, great. We cut to a forest and Mythos and Kronos are out looking for Silas. And he is, I guess, deep, deep in the woods. In the Ukraine. Chopping wood. And apparently they've spent two days on planes and another two on horses to get there. So it's like way remote. Way remote. (laughs) Kronos is like, I have been dreaming every day for 2,000 years that we will get the team back together. And Mythos says, gives a whole new meaning to the phrase dream team. No, it doesn't. It gives the literal meaning to the (laughs) phrase dream team. A team you've been dreaming about. You're right. (laughs) Amazing. So anyway, they hear the the wood being chopped, and I guess Mythos is worried that he's like, I don't know, Silas hasn't seen us in over a thousand years. He might not even recognize us, or he won't might, might not want to even come with us. So like, we should be careful because he's a killing machine. I guess. Yeah, he's like a Wookie. He'll rip your arms off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next, one, he, he basically does the, the equivalent of going. <laughs> 
<laughs> they come across Silas. He throws their axe, his axe, like between them. Fake out. And he's like, brothers. And he gives them brothers. This guy's voice is insane. Is literally insane. It's really good. <laughs> you know, I, can't, I can't believe it's coming out of a human. It's really deep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they all hug. He pick like he like. Bear picks hugs Mithos, picks yeah. him up. So yeah, we get the impression again that like Mithos and Silas have like a, a relationship. Yeah, they're buddies. They're buddies. Um, and there is something weird, like as you mentioned in the previous episode, he's got this gentle giant vibe without the gentle. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you, you like this character, mm-hmm. but he is objectively an evil monster. Right. <laughs> kind of like Mithos, I guess. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But Mithos. Yeah. No, that's true. It is. But at least we've spent some time with Mythos, like, right. and we understand that he's changed. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's something strange about this characterization. I don't not like it. It's fine. It's just jarring. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because he's like a big teddy bear. <laughs> so anyway, they all put their arms together and they start know. a quack chant. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like a pee wee <laughs> hockey game. They get, they're getting that knuckle puck ready. <laughs> yeah. Go Ducks! Do you remember the Mighty Ducks cartoon? I'll make this very brief. I do, where where there were actual ducks. The Mighty Ducks are duck aliens from outer space that play hockey. (laughs) Yeah, it's nuts. Who did that? Crazy. Who's responsible for that? (laughs) All right, we're going to make a Mighty Ducks cartoon show. Okay, so a cartoon with kids playing hockey? No, ducks from outer space who still happen to play hockey. (laughs) (laughs) So that's our cold open. Three of the four back together. Uh oh. Let's get dangerous. Four. <laughs> so we got some axe loft. We got a cool shot through the skylight. I like this. They've never done that before. And then uh, it's another Rex Raglan setup here. We got the natural lighting. Looks pretty cool. They're all like gathered around Joe's laptop looking for deets. So they are looking for other people who they are also kind of picking up this breadcrumb of like, let's try to find the others. Right. So they are looking for like white male immortals. Who, like, they don't know when their first death was, right. and maybe their name sounds similar. That's the wrinkle. Like, so Joe's like, ah, we got so many of these. Like, I don't, I don't know how we're going to find it. And then Max, like a fucking dick, he's like, search for names that sound similar, which is the stupidest <laughs> idea I've ever heard. And Joe's like, that's nuts. And he's like, just do it. Like, it's like, fuck you, Mac. Like, I don't know. He comes out of the gate very uh, demanding I don't, I'm with not a con- dumb idea. <laughs> I'm not convinced it's that dumb an idea. You, you had a strong reaction. Like, this is a real dumb idea. I think now. it is. Hold on. I mean, Kronos and Corin. aside from starting with K, I actually don't think those names are alike at all. Well, that, yeah, that's accurate. You know, like, I mean, like, applying his, like, logic to a character, we even know what name he picked. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm trying to think. And also, Cronus apparently called himself Eugene for a while, which (laughs) is nothing like Kronos. So, like, I don't know what they expected. Like, it's the dumbest like, I wish there was some other element Mac threw in there. Like, I don't know, just a better clue. I'm fine with Mac having an idea like, what about this? That's fine. Whatever. But this idea, like, maybe their names sound alike. Why? They can name themselves whatever the fuck they want. Why wouldn't they change it to, like, anything? Cross-reference any immortal who was a horseman. <laughs> <laughs> the easiest, Clearly, the I easier, had a problem with it. The easier so. <laughs> way to do this would have been, like, search for active immortal, active white male immortals whose first death is unknown. That's what like, they did. They do say that, but Joe's like, oh my god, we got so many of those. Right. Maybe he just goes like, oh, like there's an okay amount, but we can filter through them. Sure. Right. Or, they co- or come up with some other metric yeah. for I don't know. And then do like a little montage of them looking through pieces of paper. Yeah. And being like, yeah maybe they just yeah. have to do this for nine hours, yeah. but then yeah. they find it. Yeah. Put a little cross dissolve on stuff, show the passage of time, and then finally like 
three in the morning because Sandra's like, him. I recognize yeah. him. Yeah. That'd be fine. In my notes, I have Silas might go by the name Marmaduke now. Why do they think he's... <laughs> <laughs> he is Marmaduke. And he's transformed into a <laughs> comically large dog. Oh, also, by the way, when Joe types into the computer, like, I'll go with your suggestion, Mac. Let me, like... It's like a, the, he types in colored rectangle. <laughs> I was like, that's a loading screen. Oh. Yeah, I, pause, I, like, I watched what that three... This? I watched that three times. I was like, he is, like, typing bejeweled. <laughs> oh, well, that's the other weird thing about this whole scenario is, like, wait, what does Joe type into the computer to find these names? I think he's guessing. <laughs> like, I think Joe is like, let me try Cassius. Like, he's just pulling C names off the top of his head. It's like, this is the plan to guess names? Let, let me try Cremini Mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> Casper, the friendly ghost. <laughs> so anyway, they end up finding... Kool-Aid man. <laughs> They find Evan Kaspari. Not very close. <laughs> yeah. Because anyway, Sandra's like, that's the guy. That's the guy. And so he's out in Romania outside of Bucharest. Uh, and he's in an asylum for the criminally insane. You had the best. Now have the Bucharest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. That would be like a sick burn on that entire town. We're in a uh, insane asylum. And the horsemen are trying to break their buddy out. That's right. We're in hell on earth <laughs> is where they go. There's they, people screaming and like nuts. Yeah, this is such a scathing indictment of global mental health. It's like Arkham Asylum. It's yeah. bad. Do you think, yeah, it's do you think Looney Napoleon is in here? <laughs> no, these people are too dangerous for Looney Napoleon. <laughs> Looney Napoleon seems somewhat benign. Looney Napoleon from Highlander Three. If you don't get the reference, why would you? It's a stupid <laughs> reference. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they might get it. They might recognize it from our four-part series on that movie. Highlander. They want to get their buddy out, uh, and so they offered to pay 25000 U.S. dollars to have him released. And so the doctor obliges, Dr. whatever his name was, with whatever. Dr. Cernavanda. <laughs> so, yeah, this guy uh, takes him like guy, a mile under the ground. So this guy is clearly a monster. He is clearly the worst human on Earth. <laughs> also. He's the fifth horseman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Side note. Let's just pause on this one for a second. What they are doing is literally a jailbreak. Because, like, they present this, like, oh, we have procedures. It could take a while for you to be able to get him out. It's like, why? Why would it? T- why would any amount of time enable you to get him out? He is in a place for the criminally, criminally insane. insane. So it's a prison. It is a, it is a place that is, like, I mean, maybe it's not a prison, but it's a place that you go in lieu of prison. Well, like, yeah. Yeah, like, you are perhaps deemed incompetent to stand for trial, so you haven't been convicted, so you will go to this place. And if you were ever competent, you may stand trial for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, this guy's not getting out of here Unless he has like an order of the court, and that order of the court is not going to be you get to go with these four jabronis. <laughs> oh, that's, it's the four jabronis of the apocalypse. Mister Glasses in here from <laughs> Unbreakable. Uh, anyway, so this guy is letting out is for money going to release a known serial killer. Not just a serial killer, a cannibal. We find out like not only does he eat well, we'll see him eat bugs and a rat later, but it is also hinted like. They ask him, like, oh, what did he do to get himself in here? It's like they found, like, body parts in his freezer. Like, they don't even know how many people this guy killed. But he had body parts everywhere. And he does want to eat Mac later. So, yeah, yum. And then they proceed to walk through. Like, the first scene takes place in just kind of, like, a normal-looking office. Then they proceed to literally, like, go into a dungeon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's, like, all dark and blue. They're, like, crazy. It's crazy. There's some dude just walking around down there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) It's crazy. There's just some guy walking around down there. 
And some patient screams like, he's here. The dark man is here. That's the guy who's walking around. Yeah. In there. yeah. And I'm just sitting there thinking like, does, is this because this doctor is abusing these people? Oh, oh it's about him, not about. Oh, interesting. I love it. That's I don't great. Know. I, was, I was like, I, I was sitting there. I was like, yeah, I know this guy's going to get killed eventually. And I'm rooting for it. <laughs> <laughs> so they end up in Caspian's cell. They use their sword to chop his chains because he's also chained down there uh and upon his release he grabs the doctor and murders him right away instantly and he eats a bug and he eats a bug so on their way out mythos drops a matchbook which is a clue apparently yeah but fortunately mac and cassandra arrive shortly before police find and collect this clue right so it's a so, weird like who this clue is for so now we cut to an abandoned submarine base in bordeaux france this is pretty awesome this set. Is crazy yeah this is yeah. another insane set so, i don't know where they fe- like the our, location. Is- our location okay yeah. yeah location like they found some amazing spots in these last two episodes. they had to i believe rewrite this episode for this location like this was found later and they were like this is it like we got to use this rewrite yeah. the episode location 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 that's right also there's some crazy like fast cuts it's like jump, 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 like zooming in on the the barge or the uh the the sub base i was like we are really seeing a lot of like that late 90s early 2000s music video aesthetic right mm. now it's like this i is, hate this it's awful it's uh, not good and there's a lot of like weird crane shots in this one mm. i don't know that they enhance my experience <laughs> silas and caspian start going at it already kind of rekindling their former antagonistic relationship yeah caspian's immediately like where have you been you fucking idiot no. <laughs> have you heard of cars you want to ride a horse you dipshit <laughs> And he has captured a rat, and he's pondering if he should drink red or white wine with the rat. I am very confused by this character, because, like, he all of a sudden looks, like, very slick. Yeah, I wish we got more, I wish we got more Caspian stuff, like, I don't know, it seemed like he's, he's like, the wild card of the bunch, and I wish we saw, like, I don't know, just more what is his deal. Yeah, like, he's by far the least fleshed out Yeah, this crew. There's a whole movie about him, Prince Caspian. Check that one out. All right. Is that a Narnia movie? Narnia, baby. That's right. I do like this idea. Like, they're battling again, and Cronus is like, drop your swords, breaking up the fight just like he did in that other flashback. Um, and he's like, hey, like, we never raise our swords against each other. Like, isn't that right, brother? And he turns to Mythos, and Mythos is just like, you said it. Yeah. Which I, I was like, that's great. Like, yeah. I don't know, something so... about the way he delivers the line, too. So we cut back to the asylum the next day, I guess, and Cassandra and Mac have already made it there. Only to discover that. He's already been broken out, and there's been a murder. I have to give my statement to the police now. (laughs) Money, no. They get nothing out of the nurse, and so they decide to sneak downstairs, and they find this matchbook. So she thinks it's a trap. He thinks, like, well, we got nothing else to go on. Right, and the police didn't take it. Well, I don't think they've been in there yet, because they leave just as you see police walking. Wow. Which doesn't make any sense. So the body's just there, man? Was the body still there? Yikes. It seems weird. Like, that doesn't seem like the way it should have gone. Right, right. But that's the way they filmed it. I assume it's a a scathing indictment of, like, Romanian police. (laughs) This matchbook is from a hotel. The Hotel de Sizi. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce. Sipping on some Sizi. But Mac is like, let's go there. This is our at least our best shot. And like you said, Kyle, yep. maybe it's a trap, though. Who's to say? So we got back to the sub base, and this is the clip from the top of the episode. And so I guess Silas is like, I can't wait to like ride our horses again. And Cronus is like, fuck horses. Like, let's just blow everything up and destroy the world, basically. Because now we have all this technology at our fingertips, and we can do so much more than we used to. Which is kind of interesting. 
I like this idea that like, oh, we used to do it this way. Like they're evolved, they've evolved with the times or something like that. Maybe so, it's dumb though. I don't know. I don't, well, it's a sort of plot that might exist when like a mummy wakes up from a tomb, tomb. and it's like, ah, now I can blow <laughs> up blow things blow or something. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. Really dangerous mummy now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Caspian's uh, like, you want to conquer the world with monkeys? <laughs> Which is, this is like a Planet of the Apes. <laughs> yeah, it is. One thing that I thought was interesting, and I was a little surprised because I thought after Kronos's original speech and like the first one about how he's been trying to keep living the old ways is what he says. But now he seems like willing to change with the times. And Silas especially is like, oh, I want to ride. I want to go do this thing. I thought his plan was like, we can blow up the world, essentially, and then things will be like they were. Oh. Like, if we reset the clock on civilization, we can go back to riding horses. And like, <laughs> wow. No, no, like, no, no, that's like, really no, funny, though. Like, we can, we can literally be the terrors that we were if we right. just, like, dial that's it back. That's interesting. But, no, like, he seems to, like, li- he, all of a sudden it becomes, like, a James Bond plot right. in a certain sense. Like, like he literally wants to destroy... <laughs> All life on Earth? Yeah. Well, he wants to, like, hold the Earth hostage. Like, yeah. He wants to, like, oh, it's like the horseman's way or the highway, or we'll right. blow up the... Or, like, we'll poison everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's... I don't know. I find that odd. Huh. He also pronounces Ebola Ebola. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, is that how it's pronounced? But then no. other people pronounce it differently later in this episode. Yeah, because it's definitely not a b- Ebola. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Glorious virus. He's that guy from Luther, right? Idris Ebola? Yeah. Ebola, yeah. <laughs> So he opens, like, up a safe and reveals that he has been breeding (laughs) super AIDS or something. Like, I don't know what this is. Right, which is a vial filled with water in a cup with a dry dry ice. ice. Like, like you can just see the dry ice. Yeah, and, like, it's kind of funny. I love the shot. I like the the shot below them that, like, Mm -hmm. pans around while they're, like, staring at it. I thought Mm -hmm. that was really cool. Yeah. Kronos doesn't really have a plan. He's like, Mythos will... Have the plan. See, this, this is, is what I think he's second mything. Mything? Mything. Mything. <laughs> well, mything. <laughs> you, you interpreted it as like, oh, I miss the old days. Like, I wish we could ride horses again as a possible interpretation. Or, or just like, not even literally ride horses, but it's like that roving marauder right. thing. But I got the impression like when he was like riding with those other people, it wasn't because the times had changed that it was different. It was because like those people like weren't up to speed with him. Mm. Like, we'll see Mythos later hatches a plan for how to deploy this virus. Like, to me, I think that's what he was getting at. Like, that's the missing piece. It's like, if I was with anybody lesser than you, they would just be like, ah, dump it. And it's like, but that's not as, like, eloquent and, like, dramatic as Mythos's thing. I have several responses to that. I sure. think what you said is accurate. Okay. I think you are accurate. Well, I'm glad just... that's your first response. Oh, no, 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 I no, thought like... you were going to be like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> no, no, no. I think what you've said is correct in terms of what this episode is doing but i think that is weird and i have several responses to that Mm -hmm. which is to say one mythos's plan is fucking dumb his his plan is not like great or clever or ingenious it's like hey what if we poison a couple people (laughs) and then we poison more people (laughs) like that is his plan and you know what that is a terrible plan because every time you poison someone i don't know if you know this but duncan mcleod won't be the only person (laughs) looking for the people who unleash a super virus every government and police agency in the world is going to be looking for you so every time you decide to like dance around this plan your odds of getting caught like are upped by a factor of 10. Just throwing that out there. Point the second. This episode asks you to believe because Kronos doesn't steal this virus. He like bred it. He bred it and created it 
himself. Right. He doesn't say like, oh, when the Soviet Union fell, I managed to get my hand on some very interesting things. Blah, 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 blah. This episode asks you to believe that Kronos is such a sophisticated character that he is capable of breeding a super virus and testing it on monkeys. But it's like, but now what do I do? <laughs> if only I had a smart guy. <laughs> I, like, I was immediately like, what do you need Mythos for? <laughs> like he he makes it sound like not just because Mythos is his friend and like he wants to be with these four people, but like you are you've got the special sauce. I could never I could never come up with a plan like like you of poisoning people and then poisoning more people. <laughs> I I'm, I'm okay with it. He's like a writer. He needs a good uh, you know performer to act his his words. I guess I don't know. I was just <laughs> like, what the hell? I will also say I kind of do think the reason they gave him quote unquote nerd names is because of this because he's a scientist because he's a scientist yeah. i think so that's melvin kronos but it's not like he was like a man of science when you initially meet him sometime between anywhere along the line i, like, I can think yeah. of a famous scientist that has a scary name dr doom <laughs> <laughs> Why did they just, like yeah. there's precedent for scary scientists yeah, that, yeah. that real scientist that dr real doom <laughs> metal monster man yeah. and he's a wizard real, don't real, forget right, he's that a wizard. yeah this is great historical precedent for this Anyway, that's I mean, it. I think like the evil scientist trope is a real thing, and you don't need to call them like Dexter. Yeah, yeah, Dexter's lab. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, that's the end of my rant on this point. Wow. But I don't understand kind of this ingredient. They want to create the apocalypse. That's right. Literally. <laughs> And Silas likes the monkeys. That's right. <laughs> Silas likes like the monkeys. We've learned a decent amount here. about Silas. He uh, does so like the monkeys. In the meantime, Mac and Cassandra have checked into the hotel, so the action will continue there later. But back at the sub base, Kronos doesn't like the idea. Actually, hold on. You said, Kyle, you don't like Mythos' plan, right? No. But here, here's where I think Mythos is flying by the seat of his pants because Kronos trusts Mythos. Like, you can pull this off in a way none of us could. Like, you're the brains in a way. Yeah. Even though I'm the brains, but you're also the brains. You're also the brains. We're the yeah. two halves of the Which brains. In fact, in fact, there's a line where he basically says he that. <laughs> yeah. No one plans like you, but we think alike. Right. <laughs> it's like, excuse me. He's like, I don't fucking like your idea of the water fountain. Like, that's what you got? Like, I asked you for your grand plan. I think Mythos was like, well, he's going to count on me for a plan. Let's see if we can just kill 20 people. Let's slow play this. Let's like, slow play this. And then when he gets called out, like, bullshit plan, that's that's nothing. And then he's like, well, no, it's that's first. And then a pool. And then the water. And like, I think that's why he comes up with this plan. Is it's The first one is just a maybe, like, let me give him something that won't kill anybody or hardly anybody. And then he comes up with this idea to, like, stretch the whole thing out to see if they can do something else. Yeah. Why does he go? Why does Kronos go along with it? I buy that that's is like, a dum dum, who's <laughs> also the brains, who's also a genius. <laughs> I don't know. That's my that was my reading actually. Uh, no, I agree. I, I, I agree with that reading. Yeah, I just don't understand Cronus's reaction to it. But and he's like, "We begin tonight, right?" Mac is trying to convince Cassandra that Mythos is helping them, and he's leaving clues, right? And he's going to let them know what to do next. And she's like, "No." And she also is like, "They both have to die. Like the the horsemen are them. Like Cronus is the heart, and Mythos is the brain. Both need to go. There's no way about this." He says, "Killing won't fix that. Only living will." Yeah, I thought that's a nice line. Yeah, that is nice. Because it's like, "Ah, oh, the killing won't erase the memories. So, mm -hmm. but living will do it. Good is this stuff." Like a don't do as I do, do as I say thing from Mac because <laughs> yeah. he has taken revenge several several times. Yep. 
He said, no, I am vengeance. He shamed me. I am the knight. Yeah, Mac. I am Mac. Mac. Mac, <laughs> Mac demanded. He got in a fight with Richie. Like, no, I have to kill this guy because he shamed me. And now he's telling Cassandra, you know, I know he r- r- gang raped you multiple times, kept you as a slave, murdered everyone you know and loved, and is in general a horrible person and has done that to countless others. But like maybe just like forgive and forget. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe. like what? Let, let him have he this shamed one. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Max, a fragile male. This figure. does not hold up to much scrutiny. <laughs> like, no, it but doesn't. whatever, it's fine. Back at the sub base, uh, Mithas is kind of looking like worried, uh, and Silas is there playing with the monkeys. But uh, yeah, Silas is not actually a fan of this whole monkey plot. Monkey plot, the virus plot. He's like, I like to kill like with my axe. Like I gotta feel it. Uh, so it's, I don't know. It's interesting. It's like even Silas seems to have some sort of code he lives by. Man's gotta have a code. That's right. <laughs> He's the Omar of the four horsemen. <laughs> Silas coming. <laughs> <laughs> but even posits that Mithos doesn't think the virus is gonna work. Do you think he'll let me keep one? Yeah, he has to keep a monkey. And I was just, I, I, I went. Oh, oh. And, and Mithos <laughs> yeah, is like, like I'm, I'm going to ask Kronos if that's okay. So back in the hotel room, Cassandra asks Mac if he will kill Mithos. And Mac is like, if I have to. Although he does not really seem too certain because he still thinks, I think, Mithos is trying to help. Then the phone rings. Mithos is on the other line and he says, Elysium Church, 20 minutes, come alone. And then Mac lies in the worst way possible here. What well, something's wrong with my credit card, so I have to leave for like three hours. <laughs> It's so stupid. What? Why does he come up with this excuse? Why doesn't he just say anything else? <laughs> Literally anything else. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, also, I guess I can't imagine what excuse you could give. Yeah. Also, I'd rewind write us it. in. Yeah. I'd <laughs> rewind it three times. <laughs> write us in. To hear the message. I was like, Elysium Church, how many minutes? At first, I actually wrote, I, I actually thought it was 30. But either way, I was like, man, I hope you got that. That was a five second message. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hang up. <laughs> Also, he's calling from like a. Well, I guess he's calling from the church and not an underground submarine base. <laughs> like, what if the hope. reception was bad? Uh, uh, so now we cut to Elysium Church at night, and Mithas is there waiting. Mac is like, "Why'd you lie about who you are and your relationship to Cassandra?" And Mithas is like, "I've been many things. Why did you think I would tell you at all?" Like that's. Of course he didn't tell you. Yeah. I think that's a good, like, oh, hey, I'm Mythos. Um, yeah, by the way, I was death. I uh, killed thousands of people right. and raped thousands of people. Anyway, nice to meet you. Yeah. You want a beer? Yeah. And <laughs> you're that, like, superhero immortal who just, like, dispenses his own brand of justice across the globe yeah. every week. <laughs> yeah. Dispenses his own brand. That's a good descriptor of what he does. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, why would I tell you I did this awful, awful thing? Yeah. I literally wore a skull face <laughs> and, like, galloped. I was skeletal overlord of yeah. evil. Killing innocent people. Yeah. And I had slaves. But yeah, Mac is like, you had a choice. You chose to slaughter people for cattle and all this stuff. But then oh, Mithis, and he's like, yeah, he's like, I knew how you would react, right? which is fair. And then Mithis is like, but there was more. Part of me does not like this too much, but let's no. let's talk about. All right. So Mithis says, but there's more as if he's about to show us the good things he did. Nope. All right. Let's talk about this flashback. We go back to the vague Bronze Age title card. Just uh, like a bunch of tent right i love this transition this is cool it's like mythos turns around but then is when he spins back his face is the you know blue and yeah. white yeah blue and white blue and white yeah because his face <laughs> is white he has a white face mythos shows back up at camp i guess after some sort of raid cassandra's there in his tent gives him some water there is clearly some sort of affection going on here which they do address uh later like some sort of stockholm syndrome thing yeah. that she might be 
dealing with. Because yeah, he's like rubbing her face and his yeah. face and stuff. Yeah. And Cronus is like, hey, another good day, right, Mythos? And Mythos is just like, eh. Mm-hmm. Mythos kind of seems tired of this in this scene. Is it because he just like wants to be with Cassandra? He's like, I don't need to deal with this. I can just like go yeah. be with this. Yeah, and Cronus is like, what about your bros, man? Like, yeah. your girl's telling her in a apart. And Mythos, <laughs> <laughs> Mythos before host. That's very good. Uh, but then Cronus is all creepy. He's like, he eats an apple. He's like, do you get better fruit in here? Like, everything tastes better. And then he starts making comments about Cassandra. Like, you seem to favor her above the, like, other enslaved people we have. And he, like, kind of challenges Mythos. He's like, you don't favor her, right? Like, I can do whatever I want with her. Isn't that true? And Mythos is like, yep. And he's like, good choice. Like, don't start a beef over this. So then Cronus drags Cassandra away to be raped. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah. But fortunately... After some weird, I don't even know how to describe what their interaction is in Kronos's tent. She, like, makes like she's going to go downtown Charlie Brown. Yeah. And then stabs him with a knife. Right. And he's like, shit, this hurts. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so she goes running off. Also, this is brutal. Like, when she gets dragged away, she's, like, screaming for Mythos. Like, Mythos helped me. Like, yeah. again, this is horrible. It's awful. This yeah. is rough. Yeah. But and Mythos does look pained yeah no he clearly he does like her more yeah. than other people but he doesn't do anything no no and then when she slips away he sees her but lets her go yep what a great thing you did there mythos he's like this is it this is his brag he literally did the least he could do yeah the bare minimum yeah like he didn't he stop her tired. from getting he away he just didn't feel like chasing her yeah. yeah unbelievable he let her get raped so is this like are we supposed to take this as like, oh, so maybe Mythos isn't so bad after all. Is that the know. point he's making? It seems that way when the the way he says, like, that's not all that happened. It's like that this yeah, is somehow going to add some new new interesting wrinkle it to the story. doesn't exonerate him. No. I mean, I guess in some ways it fits into Mythos' character of, like, all he cares about is survival. In this instance, I guess this was a way he did not go up against Kronos. Like, he didn't fight Kronos to keep her alive, but he also recognized that there was an opportunity to let her go and it would be blameless on him. I mean, I guess that fits into what he's like, but yeah, it is not good. This is not a good thing he has done, really. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And he says she must have died many, many times escaping them. Right. But it was worth it. Just to not be around them. Yeah. I like that line. He's like, the amount of shit she went through to get away from me was was worth it. it. Like, that's how awful I was. Um, And then we get, like, a little Batman Dark Knight shit going. Like, why did did Kronos do this? Like, it wasn't for oranges. It was to uh, watch the world burn. A tangerine. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, a tangerine, not an orange. I'm sorry. Of a tangerine. (laughs) Yeah, madam, sir. What good is it if you can't lift a bloody log? So Mythos actually says he doesn't think there's any way to stop Kronos. He's like, just get out. Like, he's going to get a bomb, and no one is going to be able to stop him. Yeah, four guys in horseback are going to rule the world. <laughs> says Duncan. Yeah. It's only the details that change. The world hasn't changed in 500 years or 5,000. Strikes me as false. You are incorrect about that, Mythos. Like, the, earl- the whole Earth can end with a push of the button. That is materially different. Yeah. That is different. So Mythos lets Mac know that, like, the first thing is going to be at the fountain, and it's like a chemical agent. So Mythos lets Mac know what wires to cut. It's white, black, 
And then Rick. Yeah. <laughs> like Mac's morning newspaper. Mac and White and Red. And he's only got 24 minutes to do it. So Mac runs off. So Maybe wh- uh, don't tell that really long story about how Cassandra <laughs> escaped <laughs> and just get to the part about uh, stopping the bomb. Yeah. He, he could have done that on the phone the first time. Yeah. Anyway, so we're back at the hotel room. Uh, this is happening meanwhile. Uh, so Mac is away and a knock is on the door. A knock is on the door? I don't know. <laughs> a knock is on the door. Whatever. And so she's the like, show. oh, Mac, what took you so long? Yeah, what did you take? take <laughs> what, what did take you so long? It was your credit card. Yeah. And the horsemen hop in. Hop in? What am I talking about? <laughs> so the horsemen show up. Uh, Caspian jumps on her sword, which I thought was kind of funny. He's like, oh, and he like, swan dives yeah. on it. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, and so now they have kidnapped her. How did they know she was there? <laughs> See, this is the problem with the last episode and this episode. How does anyone know where anyone is? Well, I feel like this is the first time I've had a problem of knowing where people are. Okay. Did right? Mythos tell them? Maybe. See, but by Chronos... But if he did, like, then there wouldn't be any second guessing. Like, I knew your plan the whole time. Like, in yeah. this, in that instance, Mythos would have told them what the plan was. So If that, in fact, was the plan. Right. Right. So it's not that. I don't know how he put it all together. Yeah. Phone calls thing. I don't know. No clue. How did Mithos get that matchbook in the first place? Like when did when was Mithos at that hotel? Did they go to the hotel first? Before there, he's like, let's let's stay in a nice luxury hotel before we spend the go rest of Romania. our days in a submarine base. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What's well, near? I assume it's near the submarine. Oh sure. So maybe he didn't stay there. Maybe he, he just popped like, in there, popped in the there thing. to grab some artifact to drop off, just to let them. Or maybe he stayed there in the past. Maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't question it too hard. I guess I don't need to either but it is weird how do how, why does chronos come to the hotel why that that that's is, that bigger. is the question so now we cut to the plastic and cones nope plastic and conce uh. there we go i'm very bad at french uh so there's a fairground there max screams like everybody get out of here no one seems to listen <laughs> hops in the fountain just some nut job running <laughs> around everybody get out honestly in philadelphia if somebody like on the parkway no one would... jumped into the yeah. <laughs> into the fountain on the parkway and was like there's a bomb get out i would roll my eyes so fucking hard and be like jesus there's a crazy person yeah. here and then i'd probably get blown up because yeah i don't know that's that city living yep he finds the bomb he Cuts the, the wires, and that's it. And then, haha, there's a silly moment where the fountain goes off and gets him wet. Mm-hmm. Very out of place. It is. Yeah, right? And, there's no like, and they play, like, the circus music. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, really? Like, okay. Really? Okay. Weird choice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Max wet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rewatchers. If you haven't heard, Highlander Rewatched is now on Patreon. So if you'd like to kick some money our way and support the podcast you know and love covering the Highlander universe, head over to patreon.com slash rewatched or just search Highlander Rewatch on Patreon to find our page. And we have various tiers where you'll get prizes, shout outs on the podcast, personalized messages, artwork, magnets, uh, whatever you may fancy. And uh, we have a special message here today. Kyle, do you want to read our special message? From longtime super fan Vince S. Vince is himself. Thank you for your message, sir. He says, hey, guys, I got an email from Patreon asking, requesting a short message for me to be read on the show since I am a supporter. Oh. Yes, that did happen. Yeah. <laughs> I said it. My, my own self. My own well, self. Well, here it is. 
Great podcast. A must listen every week along with Motley Crue and Duran Duran. And then I think we should all do this together because Vince's is such a, a super fan. He includes the Purdue University rallying cry, Boiler Up. Oh. But I thought we would do it as a chant in Vince's honor for being such a fan. And the cadence, which you can all join in, is Boiler Up! Boiler Up! But you're not doing it. Oh. Oh, I don't know the words. I Boiler just up. said them. I don't know if they changed. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Boiler up. Boiler up. Boiler up. Thanks, Vinces. Thank you, Vinces. That was great Woo. entertainment. Sure. <laughs> Once Keith and I figured out how to follow along. So yeah, follow simple clapping and <laughs> and three two words. Three syllables. <laughs> Boiler up. Boiler up, Purdue Look, University. We're doing it on our own now. Yeah. <laughs> See, you've really learned quickly. Anyway, thank you for support, Vince's. If you'd like a personalized message read online, go to Patreon.com/slash/rewatched and become a contributor this very day. And they don't all have to be again uh, us praising us. Yeah, though this we love your, it. This My is ego your is so well massaged right now. My self-esteem has never been higher. Yeah, but tell, if you do want us. to tell us complimentary things, leave Ooh. us an iTunes review. We oh, would appreciate yes. that. Please do that. That would be the best of all possible worlds. Yeah. Or we if you've might, already we, sent you know us what? in. We'll probably even read that online, too. Or sure. read that on the pod, too. So why not? Yeah. And just, you know, for those of you that have already sent us a message, just... You've done half the work. Just copy and paste that awesome message you've sent us right into iTunes. Very good. No. <laughs> Noise. So now back at the sub base, Cronus is all mad because his bomb didn't go off. And Cronus says, like, Mythos, you better do better next time or I'm going to start, like, improvising. Because uh, I guess Mythos set this bomb. Um, which is also interesting. Like, I guess, do, do you think the bomb would have worked or no? I don't know. Do you think he set a fake bomb or a real bomb? Oh, good question. Well, if he's going to do this plan, he can always blame it on McLeod if it doesn't go off. Right. That's a good point. And if it doesn't, I do suppose even if it doesn't work, he could just be like, oh, the bomb broke. I don't know. But maybe he yeah. did set it right. Mm. But mm. then Cronus is like, I knew you'd tell McLeod. Yeah. That's what makes you my perfect right arm. We think alike. We always have. Then why do you need him to make <laughs> your plans if you think, think alike, alike and always have? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but look at this. I have this remote control that I stole from Ingrid in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> the Valkyrie. He's also eating a chicken bone. Well, he's not eating the chicken bone. He leaves the bone. He's eating the chicken, chicken off the bone. <laughs> so Kronos just has his own backup plan. Right. So they go into like this back room place where Cassandra is being kept in a like a cage like a, literally i don't know what cage. this is like why is this in a submarine base uh it's a submarine cage it's one of his monkey cages oh, yeah. oh i guess so i don't know it's like it's got like a moat around it yeah he literally like you have to go in the water, water to access this cage yeah. it's so strange <laughs> i mean it's cool it's dramatic cassandra's in this cage and Cronus is like haha see me your plan worked we could get her because mcleod was at the fountain right so is he just screwing with him? I guess he. I is. guess that's the idea. But Kronos. also, like at this point, like who, like why does Kronos care about Mac at all? I think Kronos is being sincere. I think Kronos is like, oh, I this was your plan. Good job. Like, yeah, I figured you out. We were on the same wavelength. Right, right. Like, see, we don't even have, we're we're so close. We don't even need to talk about this shit. Right. I guess I'm just like, well, why is this part of the plan? Like, why do they care about? Well, I think Kronos knows Mac's trying to stop him. Oh, uh, okay. And he, I guess they so. fought in the past, and he yeah, knows Mac I guess is so. pretty good. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I buy it. So then Cronus is like, but I am one step ahead of the game because 
He's like, I've already sent people to get him. And Mythos is like, oh, who'd you send? Silas or Caspian? He's like, both. It's like, oh, rule breaking. Well, I guess, well, I, yeah, kind of, well. Well, it's unclear because they don't actually, he doesn't actually fight them both at once. Right. It's like that classic, oh, if you kill him, I'll kill you. Yeah. Setup. So, but yeah, as far as Mythos is concerned, like, Mac is going to die now because two people are after him at the same time. And I guess we're supposed to think that they're both badasses. Sure. Any one of them might be able to beat Mac. Mm -hmm. So certainly the two of them, Mac's toast. So Mac is walking home dry. But he gets the uh, the buzz, and Caspian and Silas show up, and we get another late '90s soundtrack choice here. It's like this like techno rock bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, we uh, get chased through the streets, and we end up on a bridge. And I guess Caspian has already cut Mac across the cheek. And Caspian is going to eat Mac. Right. And Caspian also eats his own blood with his middle finger. Did anyone, like, check oh, this? Oh, I missed that. Is that like, what that is? Yes. I it took, just flipping them off. That's what I thought, too. I and I was like, like, what the fuck is this? Like, And it's an extended flipping of the bird. I'm like, is he just like, suck it, man, suck it. Like, he holds his finger up for, like, 30 seconds. But it looks like he uses his middle finger to wipe, because Mac, did I say, oh, Mac gets Caspian back and also scratches his face. And it looks like Caspian wipes the blood from his cheek and eats it. And then he says he's going to eat Mac. Yum. Yum. So this is a crazy sequence. This, this fight is really, like, fast and, like, interesting. Because, like, Caspian's using the dagger and the sword. And yeah. And like... So Mac takes Caspian's Ma- head. Mac has, like, a clever plan. Like, he basically lures them to a bridge. Is like... You think this is the plan? Well, I think that's what Mac's trying to do. Huh. Well, I think Mac's like... Everyone thinks everyone has a plan, apparently. <laughs> well, I think so. Because oh. Mac seems to very deliberately... He seems, he's, like, retreating. And right. he's, like, retreating until he gets to the bridge. And then he stops and he starts fighting. Interesting. Okay. So I think, like, he's like, okay, if I'm going to do it, like, this is my best chance. That makes sense. I thought. Yeah, I kind of just thought it was all dumb luck. Yeah. <laughs> so after he takes Caspian's head, Silas is like, I'm coming to get you. And Max's like, fuck. And, and he starts, like, we get a running quickening. Basically, like, you know, like, there's, there's always, like, that lead up where, like, the ghost is, like, right. emerging. Yeah. Max, like, running from the ghost. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And he, like, just kind of dives Runs off the it. side yeah. of the bridge and gets, like, a mid-air quickening. This is awesome. I yeah. thought this was brilliant. I don't know if I thought it was brilliant. I was like, I don't know. The shot of him falling like, oh, as he's getting struck by lightning. Right, I don't well, know if I was, much. I don't know. But I did but like I that. think it's like a clever idea of like, it's a clever way to get him out of this situation. Yeah, I agree. And like, diffuse a threat that is often made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I like this. I think maybe I just wasn't into the... Uh, the effect, the effects of it. Yes, it's a Hans Gruber falling right. at the end of Die Hard. Like, eh. so back at the sub base, Cassandra is locked up, and Mithis is outside her cell trying to get her to eat. And Cassandra is obviously none too happy about all of this. She's like, you know, I'm not your slave anymore. You might have fooled McCloud, but not me. But then Mithis is like, it wasn't all that bad when we were together. Fuck, fuck you, buddy. He doesn't say yeah. all that bad. He just says all bad. Sure, okay. okay. I mean, there's a difference. Sure, there's a difference. So I'll rephrase. Mithis says, it wasn't all bad when we were together. And then I will still say, say fuck, fuck you, fuck you. Mithos, fuck yeah. you. What do you mean it wasn't all bad? You were you, you sl- enslaved her yeah. yep. and raped her. Uh, it's bad. It's it bad. bad. It sounds bad to me. Uh, so then Mithis brings up Stockholm Syndrome, I guess. Which is odd. It's real weird. This whole thing is weird. I don't understand why they included it. I'm, mo- I'm more puzzled by it but, than anything. Yeah, I wonder if there was ever any more to it. Like, because, like, I don't know. I would have preferred they cut the stuff with Cassandra, like, wiping his face and, like, looking at him, like, longingly. Like, I don't know. Why did they just, why, did, why give her Stockholm Syndrome anyway? Why yeah. just not? What I think they were trying to do, almost, 
but they don't they just don't do it but i think what they were sort of driving at is they want to have these like redemptive moments in some way Mm -hmm. that like mythos is doing this but like maybe he's sort of doing it under duress a little bit and like maybe in private moments or when like he's alone like he's more akin to the character we know like when caspian is watching he's like really hard on her but when they're alone Maybe he's not so bad. Or, right. like, you know, he rides with Caspian because he's a, or he rides with Kronos um, because he's afraid Kronos is going to kill him. Right. But then, like, when Kronos isn't looking, like, he lets people go. Like, he. Maybe, yeah. You know, something like that, where it's like something to at least plant the seed that, like, he does have some seeds of goodness within him. But they just don't do that. And instead, this is just creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he keeps on saying, like, no, you did like me. And, you know, you had Stockholm Syndrome. And she's like, no, I never did. Right. I did. And also, why does it matter? It's not yeah. like Stockholm Syndrome is, like, quote, unquote, real right. love. Like, that's not a genuine kind of affection. No. That's like, yeah. that's bad. That's, <laughs> bad. Like, yeah. that's like a bizarre adaptation to extreme abuse. Right, right. And then Mitha's like, well, you're going to die anyway because nobody can beat Kratos. Yep. And he also was like, you also better forget about Mac because he's dead already. Mm. Bummer. Now we get a second, how did you find this moment? Because Mac appears to walk to just a pet store and said, if I were to import 100 monkeys, <laughs> where would I go? This scene is crazy. <laughs> This is, a pet, this is a pet shop, monsieur, not so a circus. Weird. It's like a End six, scene. six second scene. Yeah. I was like, wait, what did I just see? <laughs> what was that? It was so confusing. It took me a long time to figure this out. If I <laughs> so I guess what we're supposed to think is that Mac then goes to from, a circus from the conversation he has with mythos realizes like oh he's been doing scientific testing on, on monkeys, monkeys. Right. probably a realistic point like hey there probably aren't that many places you can buy monkeys maybe that's a lead this i can trace clue, right down. so he's going to do that and the only thing they show us is it <laughs> failing like yeah. this appears to not work right and then the very next thing we see essentially is mac arriving at the location yeah. and i'm yes. like huh? it's very strange also even if it does work like even the title card says abandoned submarine base like for this plan to have worked it also relies on the monkeys being delivered to, the, shipped to, the to an abandoned base. submarine base. <laughs> Who's dropping anything off Right. There? It's like, no, it was probably dropped somewhere else and somebody picked the monkeys up in a truck and drove them there. Like, yeah. this doesn't really or get you he, answers. Or Cronus drove to the monkey wholesaler yeah. and picked them up. All right, I got this truck full of 100 monkeys, so now I'm dropping it off at, uh, what's the address in the order form here? Yes, abandoned submarine base. (laughs) No follow-up questions here. Nope. Never again shall we be four. Yeah, Kronos finds out from Silas that Caspian got macked. Macked. Damn. But apparently Silas has, like, looked for hours, he said. Like, in the river. Like, trudging the river yeah. for him. So then Kronos' new plan, he's like, well, Silas, you're going to stay here and guard Cassandra. And if Mac even comes close, just kill her. Yeah. And so this is his, like, fail-safe thing. And then Kronos and Mithis are going to go just poison the city. So I guess this is the point where Kronos is just going to start, quote-unquote, improvising. And he's yeah. just like, fuck it, let's just yeah. use it. He's but, like Miles Davis. Because he improvises. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Bitches brew. Um, <laughs> so Mac then just arrives. He's like, hey, uh, three horsemen of the apocalypse. Does exactly the same ring. Doesn't know Kronos. You're not going to be around long enough to find out. No, he's around no, long he's already, enough. No, he's been yeah. around long enough to say the phrase, <laughs> yeah. Three Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and know it doesn't have the same ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All he had to do was say it. He accomplished that. Done. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, 
once again, keeping with the theme of everyone thinks someone like Mythos has a plan. Mac thinks Mythos's plan is the same that Kronos thought. Like, you set me up, Mythos. You led me away and kidnapped Cassandra. Kronos points out to Mythos that that is what Mac will think. Oh, okay. Which is accurate. Yeah. I think that is the, in Mac's position, that is the correct conclusion. I guess so, yeah. I huh. think. I, I don't know why Kronos thinks that, but that was the plan from yeah. his perspective. But. And then Kronos is like, all right, Mythos, go tell Silas to kill Cassandra. So don't Mythos do this. runs away, don't do this. Don't do like this. this. <laughs> and then in a bit of in a little code, Mythos calls back something he says in the graveyard, like, I go with the winner. And it's like, mm, who's the winner? Two badasses are about to fight. Then they start to fight. Lots of torches burning. This is extremely dark. I... Almost had a problem with how dark it was. Yeah, it is a bit dark. Mythos confronts Silas. He goes, I guess Silas goes to take Cassandra's head and Mythos puts his sword to his neck. And Silas thinks that he's like, oh, like you want her head? Like, I don't want to fight you over that. Like, go for it, man. Yeah, like, she's your she's your girl. And then Mythos is like, nope, we are not brothers. Yikes. And so they start going at it. And this- Silas seems really betrayed by this. He's like, well, yeah, well, how? What well, I do? Why? Yeah. How can you go against who you are? But this is the first we're seeing Mythos is really like going against his former identity. He's just like, you don't know who I am. Like, yeah. Stop saying that. This is also the first time I guess Mythos actively is like making a play. Yeah. Aside from the very first time, I guess, when he tried to kill Silas and was stopped. He probably like he's kind of just been... still Kronos and is stopped. He saves Cassandra. He stops the fight. Like he's made moves. It's not, always, so. it's not always clear where they are, but this is like the move that there is no coming back from. Well, that, that's what I mean. Like yeah. before, like he's always kind of been trying to play some angle, looking for the opportunity. It would seem yeah. like, oh, I can save her here. I can do this. Like, but here he's like, nope, we're just going to fight. Like, yeah, which is weird because he stopped this exact scenario in the past. <laughs> they are fighting. I will stop them from fighting. I don't know who's going to win. It's like, yeah, you don't know who's going to win here either. But yeah. I guess that's a redemptive moment for Mythos. It's not going with the, you know, not playing the odds or something. Just yeah, going and for like, it. I'm surprised he doesn't like ambush Silas. Right. Like, he literally challenges him. And it's like, huh, I don't know why he does any of this. For drama. Yeah. And if Kronos uh, beats McCloud, then he's, Mythos is fucked. Yeah. He's real fucked. Because he's killed Silas. Yeah. So then he'll have to face Kronos. Whoops. Cassandra should be using her magic. Po- why isn't Cassandra using her powers on Silas? Or Mythos? Yeah. Great question. Maybe they just don't work on any of the horsemen. I guess so. Maybe. I could see it working on Silas. He seems like a big dum-dum. Yeah. <laughs> we, need Cassandra, we need like a Cassandra gets her groove back. Yeah. <laughs> Monkey. There's a Beetlejuice-esque dance sequence she makes them perform. <laughs> so is this the first time we've had a dual fight scene like this? Maybe, yeah. This is great. This is cool. This is real cool. So we get a Cronus v. Mac intercut with a mythos v silas yeah. throwdown it's cool all the intercutting too like the way they direct it like they you know they'll pan like over a i don't know a column or something and that'll that'll be your wipe to the next scene or whatever uh so everything kind of seamlessly goes together it's cool yeah this is really good eventually they they all kind of cross paths and chrono sees mythos fighting silas and there's like a real moment of like being stunned yeah this like, is good he seems surprised and are, are we supposed to think that this is the turning point in the fight Against Mac. Oh, do you think by Kronos seeing that Mythos betrayed him, he like has lost some of his like oomph? You Maybe I don't know. Yeah. I was just what I was wondering because the, the the fight ends somewhat precipitously after this. Mm. Well, we get some good lines from Kronos. Like Kronos is fucking. We get some lines nutso. from Kronos. He's like, I am the end of time. It's like yeah. you're what? <laughs> but Mac, is that just a play on your name being Kronos? I guess. Yeah. And then Mac says, "Your history." <laughs> I was yeah. like, 
fuck. It's a pretty good. That's a pretty good line. I, I liked it too. I yeah. said that's a fun little quip. <laughs> I like your history, but I don't understand why he unprompted he screams. I mean, he screams. I am the end of because it's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah. why I, I think that's it. It's just some epic fucking thing. Mac and Mythos end up doing this like double double quickening double quickening so you know if a quickening's an orgasm we got a fucking orgy happening right now <laughs> everybody comes and we get this weird spiral effect i don't know what this is this is like a corkscrew quickening this is nuts yeah. this is <laughs> insane know. yeah i like I'm, it. Su- I'm surprised kyle you I... came out of the gate saying we get something a weird effect here not this is the most batshit crazy <laughs> thing we've ever seen i'm just baffled i mean i didn't hate it but on it was the, weird yeah uh on the special features they talk about like they wanted to play with like that this like w- what is the quickening like are there two souls connected like that they thought that in some weird spiritual way mythos and mac connect in this moment I, I, don't I know. guess. I don't know. It's very strange. It is, it is strange. Something. Yeah, it's something. They're like, con- yeah, but they're connected by like this coil of lightning. Yeah. I don't hate it, hate it. I, I came out of the gate strong for uh, comedy. It's like, it's just a strange thing. Like, they've done weirder things with the quickenings yeah, in the past. Like a house floating up. Like a house floating up. Yeah. There's one weird part where like they zoom in on Peter Wingfield's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you got a pretty mouth. Yeah. And uh, Mythos is pretty sad after this quickening. This is rough. Yeah. And he's, like, sobbing. He's like, I killed Silas. I like Silas. I like Silas. And then, like, they don't they don't relent. Like, sen- suddenly Cassandra shows up, and she's like, I'm going to fucking kill yep, you. Yep, time to kill Mythos. I was Mythos. like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. This is, like, this is, the hits keep on trucking on this one. And Max stops her. Yes. What reason does he give for her to stop he doesn't want said, him to die. Yes, I don't want you to do that. It's like, this isn't all about what you want, Mac. Well, she says, like, you want him to live? And he's like, yeah, I, I want him to live. All like, right. I do. I uh, she asked the question, and that's his answer. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I guess, like, are you surprised that he wants him to live? Is that your response? No, I was just making a joke that it's like, he. the only reason is just like, I want it. It's like, okay, <laughs> great. Like, give me a better reason than that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm not surprised that he wants me so... Th- Mythos to live, but it's just like it doesn't seem very sympathetic to Cassandra's position. Yeah, it's like he just saved you again. Like twice in as many episodes, he bailed you out. I suppose. But he's also slightly instrumental for her. (laughs) Slightly. He's very instrumental also in her capture. I mean, like, it's like, oh, like I I kidnapped you, but I also set you free. Like, I don't think, come on. Well, are we supposed to think he kidnapped her? That's a, this is again, it's always this constant like inception thing of like, is it a plan? Is it not a plan? Right. I tend to think he did not know Kronos was going to Oh, sure. No, he didn't. But, I mean, his involvement in all these fucking losers. Yeah. <laughs> like, these, these losers. losers. Yeah. These bozos. Sound like Trump. I'm like, these losers. These are some these real bad, bad hombres. hombres. Yeah. <laughs> Kronos is a stone-cold loser. Yeah. I mean, she, she spares him. Yes. And she's pissed that she does it. Yep. I think at this point... Literally everyone on the screen is sobbing. Like this is really <laughs> heavy. This is heavy. Oh, and I love the last shot too. Like the the shot. There's this like crane shot thing that just pulls back. Mm-hmm. Like it's just Mythos alone, like on the scaffolding or whatever, on his knees crying, and the camera just like keeps pulling back. Like he is super alone, which I thought was really great. Good job, AP as the DP. All right, let's talk about the denouement. We cut to a cemetery. But you had to know Cronus would come for you one day. Did he? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think he did. And he's just like, I hope it wouldn't happen. I'm surprised by this. Like, when he actually says, like, we were brothers, Mm -hmm. like, that is surprising to me. Like, that he's like, oh, no, this guy was my friend. Yeah. Like, we were close. It does go back to the the Valkyrie thing where he's like, if I judged 
Kronos worthy, worthy to right. die, then I judge myself. Yeah. Which is, Which is great. You participated in all these crimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to live. So, yeah. So, uh, Mac realizes. He's like, so now I realize that this was all part of your master plan. And Mithis is like, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, still ambiguous as to how much of this was Mythos winging it and how much of this was wing fielding it. Oh, uh, very good. And how much of it was actually a plan. But that is the end of this episode. And are we supposed to think that this is them, like, have they patched it up here? I don't like, know I'm either. not sure what we're supposed to think at the end of this episode. This seems. Mac does not seem like he has cut Mythos out no. at the end of this episode. I mean, Joe has literally. Joe, like, lied about a family member that Mac thought was dead, and Mac is like, we're through. We're through. And it's like six times. Right. And then he keeps doing it. And Mythos has killed, as we come to find out, 10,000 people. (laughs) And Mac is like, hey, let's get some grub or whatever. Let's Let's hang out. (laughs) (laughs) I like his last line. He's like, what about Cassandra? And he just, Mythos just says, one of a thousand regrets, McLeod. One of a thousand regrets. What do you think that means? I mean, it means obviously she's a regret. Do you think he's a little, like, do you think that's too soft of an answer? Like, yeah, it's a regret. What else can he say? I, I don't know. Yeah. Or do you think it's also to imply that, like, I've done so much? Like, one of if, if you think that's bad, what I did to her, there's a thousand more of that thing I did. Yeah, no, I think it is supposed yeah, to be that. That's really yeah. dark. Yeah. yeah. Bad guys. Bad guys. Shall we lighten the mood Play with the game? game? Yes. So we are going to play a game of WatcherTube. I am going to give Keith and Kyle a clue, a YouTube comment pulled from an episode of Highlander, and you have to guess the episode. So to buzz in, say your name and tell me what episode you think this might be. Round the first. Duncan McLeod saved Donald Trump. Oh, 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 Valkyrie. Uh, Keith, yes. Valkyrie. Yes. Oh, shit. Yeah, I should have gotten that. <laughs> I will I will give it to you, Keith. Thank you. You forgot your name again. <laughs> this yeah. is the second time. Yeah. I'm but sorry. Good job. All right, thanks. Don't say sorry. I am sorry. Oh. It's just Be one of sorry. a thousand regrets. Yeah. Uh, Be sorry. Yeah, I, I'm willing to bet you've made an error that small a thousand times. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> I'm just going to read all the comments. The second clue was, nice to see Duncan beat up some Nazis with, in quotes, Jiu-Jitsu. Oh! <gasps> Oh, boy. Oh, boy. LOL. And then this comment is from a account called Holocaust Champion 99. <laughs> okay. And it says, a little bit inaccurate. Hitler didn't speak English. He spoke German. Let's just say I've made studying that part of history my life's work kind of a hobby. Ew. Oh, this is very what does that mean? worrisome. Um, no, is this guy like... An actual historian who like is, is like Wait, Hitler didn't speak English, or is this a, guy, or is this no, guy like a weird Holocaust no, denier? No, this no, he's a Holocaust champion. What does that mean? I think well, or is he, is the he first like interpretation of, of this is a champion of Holocaust education. Yes, like he's a well. read That's what person. I assumed. But anyone that is w- well read and not an insane person would understand that. Like, yeah, in a TV an show. TV show. That, I think would... it's probably safe to bet this person is insane. Yes, <laughs> yes. this person is a racist. It's, some, it's my life's work and also something of a hobby. Is it a hobby or a life's work? Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, no. Okay, you convinced me. This is dark. <laughs> did you click on his profile? No, I did not. Good. Yeah. Probably smart. <laughs> you probably get put on some FBI watch list. <laughs> yeah. Who? All right, round two. Rewatch list. <laughs> so Keith, what? revisit our favorite. <laughs> <terrorists>. <laughs> the rewatch list. 
Keith, uh, could you update me on uh, what the score is? The score is one nothing. Oh, okay. Keith is in the lead. Nice. <laughs> Round two. Mac quite blatantly breaks the rules when he interferes in the battle. Kyle. Yes, Kyle. Comes a horseman. No. Damn. Good guess. Any guesses? Keith, mm. the messenger. No. Good guess. That was, that was going to be my second guess, so thanks for knocking that off. <laughs> Clue the second. Southpaws are the voice. Uh, Keith. Uh, yeah, Keith. Uh, manhunt. Yes, that's correct. Damn it. That was good. I almost said run for your life. I think, actually, I almost said the runaways. Inter- when did he, he interfere? I don't remember. Uh, Does he interfere? In, oh, he interferes in the battle between Will and Robinson. But not like but he just is like, he oh, just stop like, it, guys. Hey, please stop. Does that count as interfering? Maybe. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if this person thinks that, they're wrong. <laughs> Keith. Two to one. I mean, two to nothing. I two think you're going to win. Keith is going to win, but let's do this last one for oh, fun. Oh, cool. Okay. Look at this. Congratulations. No, top. Clue first. This is one sick pup. Kyle. Yes, Kyle. Leader of the pack. No. Oh. That, would be, that would be a perfect, <laughs> perfect. clue. Uh, I'm not going to guess. All right. This was the episode that Adrian Paul directed. Keith, Kyle. Great job. Damn it. Revelation 6-8. That's correct. Good See, job. that could have been a trick because he directed another episode at this point. That's right. What was Home, the first Homeland. Homeland. Do you guys want the full tally here? I think I know it. I think it's, it's three, three to zero. It's three to zero. <laughs> I don't know. Three, <laughs> three horsemen of the apocalypse doesn't have a good ring to it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, Keith. Well, yes. before we talk about this episode, why don't we read a couple more Watcher Chronicles for the other horsemen? All right, guys. So for the Watcher Chronicles this week, I'm going to read uh, the two remaining horsemen and also a journal entry from Joe Dawson. I know I was heavy handed on this episode saying that like, hey, it's like a hashtag believe women sort of thing. And Joe seems to have a problem with that. Oh, he echoes that in his Watcher Chronicle here. Yikes. Uh oh. From the private journal of Joe Dawson. I'm just not buying it. Some mysterious woman straight out of a Stevie Nicks song claims Mythos was the boogeyman of an ancient world. Now, I'm not stupid. I know Adam Pearson was merely a Clark Kent act. And I know the real Mythos is no truth, justice, and the American way, Superman. And there are a whole lot of centuries unaccounted for where he could have been anything and done anything. But I've seen him put himself on the line for me and McLeod. I saw how tender and compassionate he was with Alexer. But that just doesn't add up to the boogeyman. McLeod's seen all this too, so I don't know how he can even entertain this crazy idea. What does he know about Cassandra? A woman who tried to seduce a 13-year-old boy? Oh, look at this. Uh, By parading around naked in the woods? A woman who thinks she can control people with the sound of her voice? A woman who only shows up in McLeod's life when she needs him to kill a bad guy for her? She may not have a magic voice, but she certainly does have a magic voice. Yeah, she does. Uh, And he'd know if he fucking watched Mac. Uh, But she certainly knows the right buttons to push to get Mac to do what she wants. Damn. It's like, yikes. Yikes. Yeah, right? This is a blistering hot take, much like when somebody takes a cooling pie off of a window. (laughs) That's right. And and burns themselves so bad they're so blisters. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's talk about Caspian. Known aliases Evan Caspari, Mikel Casparo, and Frank Casper. Mm, The friendly Frank. That's right. Uh, All this shit is unknown. Oh, unique characteristics. Guys, want to guess? Cannibal. No. Gross. Insane. Close. Even got. Give me something. Toothless. (laughs) You've seen his teeth. (laughs) They've been filmed. Uh, They give two. Dragon tattoo. Okay. That seems appropriate. And uh, 
homicidal psychopath. <laughs> oh, okay. It's the other one. What? Um, recent base of operation, Bucharest of Romania. I, I, I wouldn't call it recent base of operation. Recent prison. <laughs> <laughs> you always got to look on your, the bright side of life. That's this true. This is not a prison. This is my base, base of, of operations. operations. Uh, what operations is he undertaking? Eating bugs? <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, based on the crazy dungeon he's in, yeah. I assume they're operating on him. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Um, guys, you want to guess his occupation? Murdering psychopath? Close. Serial murderer. Mental patient. That is also <laughs> not an occupation. Uh, the final report on Evan Kaspari has been ready for years, waiting for someone to find him in the bowels of the asylum and take his head, ridding the world of one more deranged serial killer. Never did we dream that Kaspari and his cannibalistic rampages were just the tip of an iceberg dating back over 3,000 years. That he is really Caspian, one of the four horsemen. Marauders so feared their name still has meaning for us three millennia later. It is a shock and a horror. But in retrospect, it is perhaps not so surprising. I have long suspected that, with the proper guidance, Caspari's random urges could be honed into a terrifying, efficient mechanism of terror. Uh, he was once a highly advanced killing weapon in the hands of a master manipulator, and was becoming so again. That he was stopped before being unleashed on the world is a blessing to us all. Hmm. Mm. Damn. Silas... Born, unknown, unknown, unknown. He has no aliases even listed. <laughs> Occupation. Woodsman. Woodsman. Mm. Nailed it. All right. And this is a letter to the tribunal from, I guess, his watcher. A man chops wood in the Nipper forest for a thousand years, and we are supposed to know he's an ancient evil demon? How? He keeps his little house. He tends his little garden. This is... Oh. Oh, I forgot about this. <sighs> You're going to understand why it's written this way. This is evil man who tries to take over world. Forgive, please, that we are not all wise, all knowing like tribunal. This is written in a Russian accent. Oh, oh boy. my God. Yep, by Petrovic. I don't know if I should read it in a Russian oh, accent. It? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, it is all true that legend of Nipir Forest, of young women of farms and villages who ventured near and never returned. But this is Ukraine. This is Russia. Each tree, each brook, each cloud has similar story. We do not so believe wait, them all. What? Is he saying that women ventured near his cabin and then vanished? Uh, yep. Oh. And they blame it on the fact that it's the Ukraine. Like, oh, cool. Hey, it's the Ukraine. <laughs> oh, it's a whole country. Uh, anyway, watchers investigated disappearances and found no link to the woodsman. You wish to lay blame that watchers did not know of horsemen? Uh, look to your own house where you yourself harbored one, not knowing. You do not come after Kiev until your own house is clean. Damn. So I guess this person Weird. got shit like, hey, you were watching one of the four horsemen, didn't even know it, you dope. Yeah. And... She mad, or he mad, or whoever it was. And finally, actually, there's one little addendum. Joe Dawson wrote another entry after. So the one I read previously, that was his entry for Comes a Horseman. Ah. So now we have a new entry for Revelation 6. My bad. (laughs) Right? This is basically what it is. I've not read this yet. Okay, so I was wrong. (laughs) So 3,000 years ago, Mythos was the boogeyman. So what? That was 3,000 years ago. People change. McLeod should know that better than anyone. It wasn't that long ago McLeod let Cage off the hook for crimes he committed just within the last 20 years. And then there's Darius. What does McLeod think being a warlord leading armies of Goths meant 2,000 years ago? Attila the Hun was not a saint, and Darius and Grayson could have taught Attila a thing or two about terror and destruction. And yet McLeod knew Darius as a man of peace, practically a saint. Uh, how could McLeod know Darius and know about his past and still not believe that people can change, unless he really did put stock in the quote-unquote magical transformation at the gates of Paris legend? And yet Mythos, he won't forgive. 
I suspect it's the nature of the crimes of the past that actually matter. It was Mithos's current crime of not confessing his sins to McLeod for McLeod's absolution. Funny, I don't recall McLeod ever telling Mythos about his murdering rampages after Culloden. Oh, boy. Wow. Damn. Yowza. This is a rough one. Yeah, really. Joe's shooting fire, throwing off some haymakers. Yeah. I do like the uh, inclusion of Darius. Actually, that's one I didn't even think about. Yeah. That he was bad news. Bad news Darius. The priest of the, the Darius. <laughs> that's right. So, let's talk about this episode, guys. This is a good episode. Okay. This is a good episode. How do you think it stacks up compared to the first one? Worse. Oh, I like this better. Interesting. I don't. All respect to Adrian Paul. There's some weird directorial decisions in this. The one that bothered me the most was when they introduced the submarine base, and there's like three orchestra hits, and on each of the hits, the camera like snap cuts forward. Right. And I'm like, I just went, ugh, ugh, I hate this. Now, that might not have been his choice. That's editing room Th- stuff. That's possible. Uh, who knows if he got final cut or right. what the deal was. So like, I found stuff like that a little bit odd. There's some like odd video choices are made on like the diving off the bridge type thing items like that don't quite land and also i don't think the plot holds up as well in this one the direction of this episode didn't stand out to me except for i thought it looked like higher budget like it i may thought have it had higher budget looked i thought it looked almost like a movie interesting what parts like stood out i can't think of a specific part i just felt like the whole thing looked better than usual yeah i mean the, i think the sub base takes them a long way like yeah. having the that as a place to film is like yeah. cr- i mean it's so vast and like interesting looking and yeah uh like that ups the production right away which is cool yeah, yeah it really does the only thing i didn't like is the weird like titles in the lower corner that wasn't it's good so yeah we didn't weird. mention they 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 persist yes like it's not just anywhere. the ukraine one we see it at the sub base we see it at romania uh we see it at even the, the fairgrounds at yeah. the, the the fountain like it's all over the place so. like that to me is like they're copying another movie they saw and yeah. it's like you already had established a way to make these titles right yeah why'd you mix it up for this Mm -hmm. keith what did you think yeah i also don't like this episode as much as the first one although i do think they work well together like it's you know i won't be like skip this episode or what i mean you need this episode obviously but like it it reminds me a bit of like finale part one and two like i found that finale part one is great and finale part two is okay there's a lot it's of them better than okay. I also think. This oh yeah, I, mean, I also think this episode. I shouldn't is say. I shouldn't okay. say okay. Yeah, that that is too harsh on it. Like it is still a great episode, but like the first part has all this emotional content. This episode doesn't have as much of that. Like they've kind of hashed out a lot of those big questions. Like they don't continue have, to have some moral questions in this, or, or I don't know. Like. It's a, you know, they've got a MacGuffin device in this one, too, which is, like, driving the action towards the end, and it's like, okay, that's fine, I suppose. Uh, But yeah, I kind of just wish there was some more discussion or more dialogue, I guess. Yeah. Like, maybe Kronos and Mythos could, I don't know if I want them fighting at the end, or, like, Kronos just sees him be betrayed. Like, I don't know, I wish there was just, like, more shit talked about, more script of the falling out, or, I don't know. Yeah. And also, maybe not. Though. Unless we forget, there's the whole Stockholm syndrome thing, which is That's problematic right. and weird, and I'm just not into it. Yeah. Like, and I'm not sure what it's attempting to do, but I know that it fails at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they wanted a big splashy hundredth episode, and it succeeds in that. Oh, it 100 percent does. Uh, like, I love that two. Per- the the double fight scene is awesome. Like, that feels yeah. very fitting for a hundredth episode. Oh, sure. Thing. In some ways, also, like the strength of the four horsemen is not 
shown here at all. Like, I wish these characters got to display, like, their proclivities. Like, they almost have certain unique talents, but we also get this plot that involves just throwing a glass vial in, in a river. And it's like, oh, anybody could do that. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I wish the, the, the plan needed, like, Mythos, you have to do this thing, and Caspian, you do this. And, like, everybody serves a role, or if it's, or if it's not this virus plot, like, where there's plans where they have to, like, really enact them and, like, get their hands dirty more. Like, it is very distant. Yeah. And, you know, to that end, everyone, including Mythos, is superfluous to the plan. Yeah, that's the, the chips thing. Are down. It's like, yeah. Nobody's adding anything. No. Kronos could have just done this on his yeah, own. Yeah, he just wants to be with these people. So, yeah. <laughs> he's doing that. Which is nice. Congratulations. But like, <laughs> you, like, and in the end, the plot that they set in motion is just Cronus's plot that he's doing alone. He's right. like, oh, here's my backup plan. I put it in the Yeah, reservoir. I think that's what <laughs> I was trying to get at. Like, they're, yeah. they're not all involved in this scheme. Th- these characters, this should have been like a four episode, five episode thing. Yeah. Maybe each member of the horseman gets their own episode. And, and then there's a big finale that looks somewhat like this. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree. Yeah. yeah. But again, if this is what their idea and plan was and budgetary for, like, we're doing a two-parter and this is right. it. I get it. But yeah, I would, I uh, stretched over the course of a season, this would be really good. Yeah. Allow you to question Mythos more. Yeah. Let that relationship explode at, like, be rebuilt a little, ebb, flow, questions, mm-hmm. like, persist. You could make this whole question of, like, is he planning something or is he just winging it by the seat of his pants, like, more right. interesting. And we actually don't—do we get to see Mythos do a bad thing once he joins with Kronos? Like, that would be another wrinkle. It's no, like— not really. Right. And also, I mean, that plays into the kind of Valkyrie discussion. Like, is it okay to kill 50 to save millions? Like, it's like, mm. I need to bide my time to wait for a chance to take down Kronos. Right. And then we actually get to see Kronos— Mythos in the present do a fucking terrible thing and like really shake us, I think, more. Because I think all as viewers, we all are like, well, I think we most viewers are like, yeah, that was in the past. We all know from seeing Mythos, he's a changed person. But uh, like now have to deal with like just last week, Mythos killed 30 people. Yeah, know, that's rough. Yeah. Or like to use an example, you know, spoiler alert for Harry Potter, if you're behind the fucking times. But like I am sorry. That was me. That was me saying I am behind the times. You haven't seen the movies? No. Seriously? Some of them, yeah. All right, I won't say this. No, thing. you didn't say it. I kinda, oh. I think I know kind of the gist of what happens. Well, like, Snape kills Dumbledore. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was going to be that. I'm just kidding. I knew that. Okay. Well, like, you know, but it's because, like, <laughs> you know, it's part of a plan, and, like, he needs to do this thing to, right. like, keep, like, the keep deception the going and, like allow for the final victory and it's like he does this terrible thing mm-hmm. but it's in service of a better thing mm-hmm. and like other characters have to come to terms with that right yeah so it goes there were opportunities like that here but you are quite right i don't think we ever see him do anything evil right he burns down that uh factory that's true <laughs> that abandoned power plant yeah. well, actually was that an abandoned power plant i guess the, well, I the think smoke it was. detectors don't work so yeah. yeah i guess so okay that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's a shame. Yeah. So he get, makes Matt get wet upwards of two times. Man, it's rough. Twice. And that, that coat, as we know, costs like $499. Yeah. 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 He's good for it. Second question, just because obviously the big, you know, the final decision moment of this thing is whether or not Cassandra will let Mythos live. Does Mythos deserve a second chance? Is a thing that is never, ex- like, Matt kind of says it. At the end, like, I want him to live, but is that warranted? 
like does Mythos deserve punishment from Cassandra for what he does? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. Yeah, certainly redemption is possible. Is redemption possible for that? For right. taking joy in killing people and like raping and enslaving people? I don't know. As Mythos points out, like I was the judge. I'm not qualified to say, but like I don't know. Right. Like, and how much time has to pass for that to be okay? Also, I don't get the impression Mythos has spent his. I think there's also a meaningful difference between Darius and Mythos, because Darius Mythos is, is done, like atoning. He's atoning, right? Yeah, like he's an active force for good in the world. And while I think we're supposed to believe that Mythos has done some minor acts of goodness over his life, like he's not living his life to atone for this. No. He's just living his life in like a better way. But sure. like that's not his purpose, right? Or he's pretty like neutral, it would seem. Yeah, yeah. He's like a fairly benign. Mm-hmm influence and it's like is that material like if or cage is another example like he's spent the 20 years and that's a much shorter time like he spent 20 years but he spent the entirety of it trying to make up for his wrongs right so like maybe he gets forgiveness but does mythos who yeah a lot of time has gone on but what have you added to the earth to make up for what you did right also to kind of play off of what joe says in the valkyrie like when they're arguing about like oh can you change history like what does one person matter and joe is like well we're just talking about max friend there's like the in some ways a weird inverse of that here it's like well mythos killed ten thousand people but that was five thousand years ago or whatever well three thousand uh, and it's like, well, what does any of that matter? One matters. It's Cassandra. Like, she's still there and she's still hurt. So, yeah, wh- in some ways, her retribution is the only one that matters. Like, you can exclude the other stuff if you wanted to. It's like, well, what about her, though? But she's she's still carrying it mm-hmm. and she still feels the pain and is not satisfied. Exactly. You know. So, hmm. 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 How do you guys feel about like treating Mythos moving forward? Like I, I kind of don't remember some of these like later episodes and seasons. Like it's been quite a while since no, I've I, seen these. Now. I kind of feel like this is the last episode that I have a strong memory of. Like I have memories of other episodes, mm-hmm. but they're vague. Mm. Like I can't remember how they, the writers and the other characters in the show treat Mythos after this. Like, is this sitcom and we just kind of go back to normal mythos or like do people kind of really remember like this shitty thing? I don't know. I, can't, I don't remember how this uh, colors the treatment of the character and how we should feel about like him moving forward. Like, are we always going to say, yeah, and you are a rapist and a murderer like yeah. every time we see him? Adam Pearson, known rapist and murderer. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and it, like, yeah. for instance, to make it like a, like a little exercise, like we're wondering if like does Mac should Mac forgive Mythos or whatever? Does he de- deserve redemption? Do we think he does? Like, is he redeemed as a character for us to be like, I still like Mythos? Uh, so my answer, if the question is redemption, mm-hmm. no, he is definitively not redeemed. But like, there's a difference between is he redeemed or does he deserve death? Right. I think there's a distinction mm-hmm. there. But, like, he's certainly not redeemed. He's done nothing to earn it. You know, like, he hasn't tried to atone, nor has he been punished. Like, he's never been taken to task, really, for what he did. You know, I don't know what price you could pay that would be commensurate to it, but he seemingly has paid no price. He killed his friend. That's That's true. a very small, like, maybe smidge of a price. Yeah. And his friend was a murdering monster. Yeah. Right? Like, he just liked him. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, Mythos was going to lie about him being one of these horsemen as long as he could. Sure. Yeah, he only just got found out. Yeah. So, yeah, Mythos doesn't seem to really be atoning. Mm. 
Yeah, so like I don't know. I mean, I think it's just we like mythos. Like, I know, well, right? I it is. He is like yeah. charismatic and magnetic, and that's like. And his role heart. in the show is always clever and fun, and like he's written to be liked. Yes, very clearly. Right. But then there's like just this whole issue of like, then how do you think about some of his like more amoral, stay out of it kind of stances? It's like one thing if you're someone who's like not been a murdering scumbag. And you're right. like, stay out of it, stay out of it, stay out of it. But like, when you've done all this fucked up shit, that takes on like a different... <laughs> right. That Then that sounds to me, like that starts to recontextualize that for me a little bit. It's like, does that come, come from a genuine place of amorality? Right. If you were capable of doing these evil things in the future, you know, is mm-hmm. it just that you have a grossly underdeveloped sense of this stuff? And like, oh, Mac, you shouldn't stop these people from getting blown up in this community center. Right, like, yeah. Screw them. <laughs> Right. Yeah, and it's like, like that's that sounds different coming from a guy who you know has done this stuff. It's like, oh, do you just are you just saying that because you straight up don't value human life, right? Because evidence suggests that perhaps you do not. Yeah, he absolutely doesn't. I feel, yeah. but he, he's like, has he saved people? Have we seen episodes where he's saved people? I can't remember. He saved that marriage. That's true. Until death. That's correct. Yeah, and like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, that's. Yeah. A, I mean, I'm not no, sure he, if he has saved. I just a can't remember now. if there's like an episode where he like did something to save someone. I mean, the elixir one, elixir, elixir. I mean, he like really fights for her. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Although he actually also has a sort of fight with a friend over her, which is bad. Yeah, yeah. like he goes to the mat for Joe. When that's true. So yeah, he's, he's done, before the tribunal. Yeah, so he's done some heroic things, I think. Yeah, he has. Or at least try, you know. For his friends. For right. his friends. Yeah. friends. Yeah, exactly. Do you think Peter Wingfield has an Alexa in Ale- his home? Alexa. <laughs> Alexa, give me my tube. <laughs> Alexa, I need a banana bread recipe. <laughs> oh, there was something I did want to say before we rate it uh, that I thought was interesting on the special features. When they're talking mm. about the deleted scene, like with mm. him like burying Kronos, mm. uh, I think, is it David Abramowitz? I forget who, or maybe Mythos, that says that it's very like Freudian, that mm. like he is trying to act like if Kronos is like his id or whatever, or mm. ego, excuse me, that he's like trying to bury it. Why wouldn't it be id? I don't remember. I think they said ego. Was it ego or id? They said ego's like in the Freudian construct. Like ego's like your conscious decision. It is like the your animalistic shit. So it's probably id then. Yeah, that he's trying to bury. Uh, And it's like, oh, this is like symbolic of him like dumping Kronos. And also, I suppose this is like the end of him being a horseman or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, and in Freudian terms, like you can suppress things, but you can't ever get rid of them. And it's like, this shit comes back and he wasn't ready for it to come back, I suppose, or whatever. I don't know. You can read all sorts of psychological stuff into it. Uh, But I thought that was an interesting thing that maybe they were thinking about. Yeah. And also just side note, I think that if we had seen that scene, it in some ways does change our perception of the character again. And we probably would have given it a two star rating. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. No, I mean like just like the notion that at some point Mythos stopped Kronos, right? Like that he makes a decision, like he puts it on the line to stop this evil guy. Right. Like seeing him take a personal risk to do that, I think does take a step toward sure redemption. That's one more thing I wanted to say. Greek scene or whatever. They, I wish they had a scene in here that explained why they split up. Yeah, because they don't. There's no explanation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that I was like, why they split up if they all like this so much? Right. Except if they're all in this, like, yeah. Mythos being the one to shut it down, mm-hmm. that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. But that's not brought up. Right, right. Like, Kronos never directly says, you fucked this up for yeah. all of us, so now you're going to make it right. Mm-hmm. That could have been a, an extra episode in the middle. 
Yeah. Yeah. Covering that. Cool. I'm into that. Like, you know, have a, a series of episodes building Mythos up to be like a giant monster, an episode that gets a little gray, and then a build up to this episode where you see him like turn on this st- structure mm-hmm. and then like a resolution not too unlike what we end up seeing. Yeah. No, this is good stuff. So let's rate it, guys. Kyle, how many MacGuffins would you give it? I gave it four whole MacGuffins. Or Egg McGuffins, actually. Egg McGuffins. <laughs> Sausage Egg McGuffins. <laughs> no, I think we've said a lot of a lot of what there is to say on this. It looks great. It's a very good, splashy 100th episode. Some weird cinematic choices pull me out of it a little bit. Some of the planning and mechanical elements I don't think quite land. Like how they get from, how people find each other, why the other horsemen are necessary, stuff like that. And the whole Stockholm Syndrome thing really stopped this from being perfect. So it gets four stars. I mean, it's obviously amazing. It's mm. definitely worth seeing. Get in there. Amen. How many pet monkeys would you give this episode? Pet monkeys. So I'm going to give this five pet Whoa. monkeys. Whoa. Wowza. Wow. I love this episode. Is this your first five? This is my first five. Damn. Uh, Keith's clapping. Although, I wanted to say this. I think there are some other episodes I should have given fives. <laughs> Probably. So, if this is a five, there, yeah. there's no question in my mind that there yeah. are episodes superior to this one. But I love this. I love the characters. I love the bigness of it. I love the double quickening. I like the dual sword fight. I love McLeod fighting the two guys on the bridge. Him jumping off the bridge is a little mm, silly. Mm. I just like the set. I just I like all this stuff. So it's like a star just for that goddamn submarine base. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You could just that could just be a Highlander episode, just showing the base. Yeah, it's be like oh cool, like, no immortals or anything. Yeah, a bunch just, of orchestra just, hits <laughs> with rapid cuts. Yeah, just <laughs> make a super cut just of that scene. Three hours. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, five monkeys. Five monkeys. Not twelve shri- monkeys. How, how many twelve sh- monkeys? Twelve monkeys. <laughs> how many shrines of the silver monkey is it? Ooh, well, I could tell you how many blue barracudas. <laughs> but yeah, what's the conversion two? to the <laughs> monkeys to barracudas? Yeah, I don't know. Well, the silver monkey has three pieces, so it would be one and two-thirds silver monkeys. Mm. Keith, yes. Sutherland, can you tell me how, much, how many pieces of dry ice would you get <laughs> this episode? I think I'm going with your vote, Kyle. Four. Damn. I will also say, I've done this before, like on finale. Last episode was 4.5. This episode is four. These two episodes together are five to me. Okay, I'll sign on to that. Yeah, like I think these are yeah. great. The the sum is greater than their their individual parts. I think like this is such a cool idea. Yeah, it's like this kind of just barrels towards a conclusion at the end. Like there's just that's kind of what this episode is doing. Like I don't know. I wish there was like a little bit more to sink my teeth into uh, for the second part. As a, like the first one, I think there's a lot to talk about. I think there's less in this one. And yet we've talked about it. A I lot. know it's it maybe yeah maybe I'm just wrong. I don't know. Um, I don't know how I feel like some of these big episodes, I struggle with like, do I wish Joe was in this episode? Joe was in the first part. Like, Joe's not in this one. And Richie's said, not he, in this. He and sends like, them on their way. Yeah. And that's it. And that's kind of it. Um, but Richie's not invested in Adam Pearson, so I understand why. Sure. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And also watch, just a comment on our whole rewatch. It's kind of funny how ancillary Richie is almost from the get-go. Like, as much as, I don't know, in my my brain, I always thought, like, Richie's so critical to this show. And I, I like him, and I, I the thing is, I wish they did more with him that was more interesting. But uh, And it, a spoiler, is it the next episode Richie's last no. episode? Oh, no, okay. there's a couple more. Oh, yeah, we got more. Okay. Wait, he has a last episode what? 
Huh? What? Huh? Avenge huh? the Fallen. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think this is the scope of it is really great. Uh, any of the episodes where they go from you know Seacouver to Paris are always fun. Uh, or in this case, Bordeaux, <laughs> since they got kicked out of Paris. Yeah, I don't know if I have anything else really to add that hasn't been said. I mean, the Four Horsemen are cool. Like it is yeah. cool. And again, like there's like I want more of all of them. Uh, I mean, we, we get a fair amount of Kronos, obviously, but and some shit with the flashback Kronos. That's no good with Cowboy Kronos and the, the Cowboy, Cowboy Kronos. It's like I, I didn't need that. Like that actually does him that a disservice. Dumb. I think yeah. I'm like this with the exception nerd. of that Scythe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Scythe was cool. Melvin Corvus. But, uh, but yeah, I wish we had more from you know Silas and Gaspari or Caspian or whatever. Like it's just like shrug on that. But there we go. Four for this one. There we go. That's our hundredth episode. We did it, guys! Congratulations. We yeah. did it. Congratulations. Oh, hell of a thing we did. <laughs> yeah. Hey, does that mean our podcast is now syndicated? Yes, yeah. we can syndicate this on all platforms. We'll be we'll be on ABC yeah. in the fall, right in between. What's the show on ABC? Blackish is that on NBC? I, I, I don't even. Know. I have no idea what's on network television anymore. Either Me one. either. Yeah. Ooh, who knows? Anyway, thanks again for joining us. Make sure to write us at highlanderrewatch dot com. Nope, highlanderrewatch at a nope at, at wow. AOL at AOL. AOL. <laughs> Make sure to write us at HighlanderRewatch at gmail.com and let us know what you thought of this episode. I don't know. It was Mythos Redeemed. What did you wish you saw in the episode? What's your rating? I don't know. Tell us whatever. Stuff. I don't know shit. Tell us stuff. Uh, and then join us next week uh, when we're going to be covering Season 5, Episode 13, Lucky 13, The Ransom of Richard Redstone. Arrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr